Hello. I probably don't need to be this da, da. gainy. Let's turn it down a little bit. Little bit. Da, 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 da. Are we recording? Yes. We've been recording for five minutes. Oh, that's great. That's how we do things here at APFM well, Podcast. Well, this isn't part of it. This isn't part of it. Could be. Could be a cold open. It's, well, not, then very, it's not very good, Isn't though. it good it's that we recorded it? It's a very cold open. Yeah. Mm. Make sure we get... Frigid open. Make sure we get the bit about... Wake me up before you fuck me. No. That's important. No. no it's, it's really not. It's not staying. Oh. Okay. Good song, though. Yeah. Last Christmas, also a good song. No, it isn't. You don't like Last Christmas? I'm not a fan of Last fuck Christmas. Fuck off. Yeah, I agree. Fuck right off. No. Wham's only done one good song, and it's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. That's a ludicrous claim. That is a ludicrous the claim. The man's dead. <laughs> Show some respect. Yeah. 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 Show me the good songs he's written. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not actually into Wham. What exactly. about you got to have faith? Because you got to have That's faith. That's just George faith, Michael, faith, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was Wham. I don't know. It's all the same. George Michael. But if we're, if we're broke, what kind of name is George Michael? That's two his name. Yeah, that's two first names. Get a surname. So is mine. Hey? My oh, yeah. two names are two first names. Yeah, but... You're right. You're wrong too. <laughs> wow. Okay. I changed my mind. You've, right. you've if, turned me over. All right. If you broaden it to include George Michael stuff, there's also like Faith is Good. There's also... We might need to turn you up, Dylan. Careless Whisper? Yes. Well, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> After that rendition, I'm not so sure. Never mind. I don't know anymore. Um, I have oh, a song wait. that I wanted to talk about actually. I think I used to be able to play Careless Whisper on the saxophone. In what do you mean you think? Well, I can't remember. That's if such it- a half-assed brag. Like you know you're bullshitting, <laughs> so you're already like hedging it. Like yeah, I, I, might have I been think able to I do could, that. could have played. I think that I way. also could probably. No, but play but I mean, it's in like I can't remember if I got to a point where I could play it like without sheet music, or if I needed sheet music and was just terrible at it. So. Sheet music, more like sheep music. Mm, following what someone else has written down. Yeah. You got to think for yourself. That's what jazz is. Mm. Just uh-huh. think for yourself. So when's your when's your next gig, Cam? No, yeah, I'm Cam. Good. That's what jazz is. <laughs> yeah. Five to seven people all just thinking for themselves <laughs> at once. <laughs> <laughs> Scatting is probably the most uh, free thought. Form of music. Why don't libertarians like jazz? That's what I want to know. Do libertarians not like jazz? Probably not. It's a black people thing, and libertarians are, you know, <laughs> you know. Oh, we know. I don't think that it is a core tenet of libertarianism to be racist. It just happened. It's a coincidence. <laughs> it's a coincidence that all of their like core beliefs line up with a kind of systemic racism that benefits white people and disadvantages everyone else. I don't know that it lines up with a systemic racism. I think it just doesn't do anything to challenge systemic racism because it assumes that everybody's on their own. We start property rights from when I got the property. Yeah. (laughs) It's not systemic. That's how it works. It's not anything. It's just part of the system. (laughs) It's just like that. Listen, if I was just allowed to own property without paying taxes, the world would be better. Mm. So. What's your song, Dylan? Oh, I don't know if you remember this one. Ellen will remember this one. Cameron won't because it came out in like 2000 or 2001. That's true. I don't remember things that happened. He was a child. But I've been 
What year were you born? Were you born in 2000? No, no I was, was born, born in 1998. You oh, was two. Right. You were two. Um, do you remember Don't Call Me Baby by Madison Avenue? Yes. Don't call oh, me yeah. baby. Oh, yeah, I know that I one. belong Absolutely. to me, so don't call so that, me baby. that song gets in my head gets in my head a lot. It's got a great bass line, which I think is sampled that do 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 cool little bass line. Um they're an Australian duo apparently. Really? I didn't know that until I looked it up the other day when I was thinking about the song. But that's so that's a song that gets stuck in my head a lot. But the other day I was thinking about the lyrics and how like weirdly disjointed they are. That's very cool though. I had no idea. I think they're from Melbourne. So like it starts off like you and me, we have an opportunity and we can make it something really cool. But you, you think I'm not that kind of girl. I'm here to show you or here to tell you I know how to rock your world. So it's like, all right. So it's like one of those like unrequited love interest sort of things where it's like, I see us together, but you don't see it, but I'm going to convince you sort of thing. Yeah. And the pre-chorus is, don't think that I'm not strong. I'm the one to take you on. Don't underestimate me, boy. I'll make you sorry you were born. Wow, yeah, you that's You don't cool. know me the way you really should. You sure misunderstood. Don't call me baby. So now it's gone from I want to be with you and you don't see it to don't fuck with me, motherfucker. <laughs> don't you dare call me baby. I'm way stronger than you think. And it's like, wait, aren't you chasing feel, him? No, I feel, I feel like it's more like they had their chance – they were talking about it, and then she was like, "No, hang on, wait a second, fuck this guy," and just but turns it's, around. It's such an aggressive heel turn within a song. Yeah, it's completely unprompted by anything narratively. And then the next, I can't remember the rest of it. Like the next verse is behind my smile. There's my cue. I must admit this doesn't sit with the likes of you. Like, okay, why do you like this guy again? <laughs> why do you see something really cool together when he thinks you're an idiot and you're not? Yeah. So, yeah, that's my bit on that song that came out. Because women want to have to earn your respect, okay? That's why we have to treat them like trash. Mm. Yeah, you, I don't you, think that's it. You just keep nah, them I think he's onto something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think check he's my notes. It. Hang on. <laughs> wait, wait, I prepared for this. I want to know how it is that I remember every single word of that song up to the second verse and also was like, I have no idea what it's about. I, yeah. I, no. only, I only remember the words individually. No, that's, I feel the that same way ex- about the national anthem. <laughs> it is it? Yeah, I also don't know the second verse. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on. How though? far into the second verse can I go? Racists. Hi, my smile is my cue. Mr. Mitt, this doesn't sit with the lights of you. Mm, you're really sweet and you're really nice. Didn't mum ever tell you not to play with fire? And then it goes back to there. I thought you were going to start reciting the strong. second verse okay, of the Australian half. national anthem, and I was like, oh, that's "God, not no, the no na- one knows what it is." Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, "No one knows what the second verse is of the national anthem." When, when, when was the last time you sung the national anthem? Any verse? Yeah, never. Oh, um, we had to do it a lot in high school and primary school. High school, yeah. A lot, like yeah, that was before every assembly. Remember? Yeah, every assembly. So every assembly, we in primary school, we had to do the national anthem, the school creed, and the school School song. We didn't have a school creed. How did you get anything done in primary school? Good question. Um, but yeah, the school creed was cute. It's it's basically just this is our school. Let peace dwell here. Let the rooms be full of contentment. Let love abide here. Love of one another. Love of mankind. Love of God and love of life itself. Let us remember as many hands build a house and many hearts make a school. Why don't you just sing a creed song? What's the second yeah. verse? <laughs> Can you take oh. me higher? Well, that's, that's just the school creed. I don't know what the second verse is for the national anthem. We never had to sing the second verse for the national anthem. It was always just the first verse and that was it. 
And what skills do you have, Mr. Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I know the second verse of the Australian National Anthem. No, you don't, Mr. Simpson. No, no one, one does. does. For a cold open, this is APFM, yeah. a podcast for men. We're here with a guest today. We've got Brandon. Hello. I'm, I'm Brendan. He's Brendan. Hi, Brendan. We've been talking about having on for a while and just due to mutual lack of organisation, have not done until now. Correct. But he's here. I've he's been looking here. forward to it. Thank you very, very much. That's all right. Um, What's your deal? What's my deal? Yeah. Um, I'll get back to you. Okay, then. <laughs> Pending. Uh, I want those papers on my desk by the end of today. What desk? I want pictures. Pictures I, of your deal. <laughs> what's? Uh, can we get a desk audit? What's on your desk at the moment? On my desk? I bet it's clean. I oh, bet your yeah. drawers aren't clean. I don't have... Oh, actually. Do you have, do drawers have drawers on that desk? Not on the drawers. Not on the desk. No, I don't have drawers. Um, what do I have? I've got a lot of... You've got uh, monitors. Yeah, I've got two monitors, a lot of knickknacks and paddywhacks. I've got the <laughs> gamepad I use to play Halo. It's got one of those lame RGB keyboards. We all have you one of those lame you RGB keyboards. Non, you can't get different ones anymore. There's only RGBs. Really? Basically. Damn. So that's the LGBT agenda right there. Mm, the, RG, have, the RGB agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have rainbow keyboards now. I just want a regular old straight keyboard. But no. When is that going to happen? When a gamer is going to rise up and... Boycott Razer or whatever these fucking gaming That's brands are. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> Less LEDs. When will... Well, that's, you know, that's pertinent to today's conversation of when will gamers rise up? When? Yeah. When will they and when historically... Any day now. When historically have they? They're not rising up. If it involves leaving the keyboard, they're not doing it. They're uh, floating up. Yeah. <laughs> A gentle ascension. Yeah, having to leave your keyboard or your desk or your screen for anything, really. But there's no, so much you. you can get done from a screen these days. Yeah, Why exactly. Why would they need to? Why would I leave the comfort of my screen when I have infinite access to anything at my fingertips? Yeah, they should be a lot more like those climate protesters that go outside. They're getting a lot done, aren't they? Sticking themselves to paintings and shit. Yeah. Making the most of it while they still can. Imagine yeah. how, like... The have, great outdoors. Have yeah. you seen people get, like... Great outdoors. They glue themselves to the road, but then, like, the police, some of them will just, like, rip them off. Like, some of them just chisel them away, which, which, is, which is nice, but occasionally somebody just gets torn off the road. Imagine how fucked your hands get. Did you see that there were anti-protester protesters that surrounded the... Um, the uh, stop oil guys and they were in pretty much the same outfits like they're almost identical except it's like they so were yeah, they're, they're called security stop right oil. Well, they're, they're getting paid for that right so well, spider-man they, meme where it's just three spider-man yeah pointing, pointing at, at one another other. but it basically was just like protesters against protesters making life difficult for like everyday people and they were just like surrounding them i'll, I'll find the picture of it, but it was just weird. What do you think of big oil mm. people in traffic just like i just want to get to work i don't care about either of these groups yeah do disruptive 
like do disruptive protests like that achieve anything or do you just piss off regular people in traffic who aren't going to change they're not going to be like wow i'm so inconvenienced by this that i'm going to change my personal habits around oil i think well, you got to have a really clear oh, like the underlying theory is that if you like make life harder for everybody then all right we're in be... the theory corner with ken oh. no, the but that's the theory is they're trying to make everything hard so that people eventually end up like changing their behavior they just or give up and buy a tesla like, yeah but whoa. how well how? so i heard about a thing where um environmentalist activists were keying people's cars in like uh see that's cool in, in like in like the cbd of <laughs> is this. that activism or is that boredom well, no, so, like, they were specifically targeting, like, big SUVs and stuff, and then eventually people but it's stopped... it's very hard not to in the city. There's... People stopped taking big SUVs into the city, and mm. the emissions of that city went down. So it's not here? Hey, No, not... It didn't happen in Perth. I forgot the name of the city. But it sounds were... effective, then. Uh, I'll look it up. I've just sent you the video of the counter-protesters uh, surrounding Just Stop Oil, and being like, you yeah, making it difficult for everyone. It's like, that's kind of the point. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. It like the whole point of them protesting and making things difficult for everyone is like to get noticed. So I, I understand people being frustrated by it, but the whole point of protest is to get people to take notice. And the way to do that nowadays is to make things inconvenient for people. That's oh, know, how you get people to notice. I think that's how demonstration has always been. So it's yeah. always been inconvenient at the least to someone. Exactly. Otherwise it's not effective right, so or it doesn't do anything. Yeah. I got an article here saying that they uh this is a more recent example of that strategy where people are deflating SUV owners' tires uh in major cities. Which, you know, if you had a big SUV and people keep slashing your tyres, you'd eventually just take the train, wouldn't you? I would have gone with smashing windows, because if you deflate their tyres, it's harder for them to get the SUV out of the city. That's a good point. This doesn't help. That's a very good point. Go with windows. I think if you're doing a... Cut um, their brakes. (laughs) (laughs) Many problems at once. Um, I think if you're you're doing a a demonstration that's supposed to be disruptive, you've got to make sure that the messaging is very, very clear. Isn't the message of just stop oil clear? It's called just stop it. Just stop. I mean, generally. um, If you think it's clear, then yes, I guess it is. Um, No, it isn't clear. I think that uh, if uh, people like demonstrators be demonstrating, yeah, sure, hey, that... Why don't I mean? Because like, look at you, Black Lives Matter. Wow, with your name that no one likes. I mean, are they supposed to like it? Speaking of names that no one likes, yes. We we could we could talk about Gamergate. Hey, <laughs> we could talk about Gamergate. That's why we're here. I'm waiting for the bit where Milo comes up. <laughs> this is old news. Um, oh, it's, never mind it's, it's a, Maybe we'll talk about something else. It's what's old is new again, though, right? Because Gamergate was like a, a that was, surge of a particular kind of online activity, and that sentiment well, people, is not really gone. Uh, yeah, people have called it... It's like the, the test run for the alt-right. Gamergate was like the first major internet um, right-wing campaign. Because who did you get out of that? We got Milo. Did we get... Uh, I who, don't... who am I thinking of? Who's that guy? The guy that was hanging out with Kanye recently. 
Oh, Nick Fuentes. Yeah. Was he a Gamergate guy? Did he come out of that? Um, I think so. I feel like he did, but he's definitely got Gamergate vibes. Gamer energy? In that <laughs> he does have gamer energy. He's a little energy. dweeb. Live streamer? All right, yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk a little bit about Gamergate and maybe link that to some present-day cool guy activity. Mm-hmm. Could, um, could we get a tier list of controversies named after Watergate? This uh, Pizzagate. That's got to be up there. Pizzagate rocks. That's like S tier. That's Yeah, Pizzagate's S tier. Which one's Pizzagate? You don't know Pizzagate? Uh, remind me. Pizzagate's the pre-QAnon... Uh, there's pedophiles in the oh, basement of a yeah, pizza yeah, store. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like they would talk about Jeffrey Epstein and, and people like that before because Epstein was arrested in 2019, the second time. I think the first time he was arrested was like 03 or something. Jesus. He was arrested in the 2000s and that's when he got the sweetheart deal where he basically got no actual prison time, a very short amount of quote-unquote house arrest time and basically like a a clause in the deal where he and any co-conspirators were just let off the hook. So if anything else came up about anyone else linked to those things, it was already like pre-done that they wouldn't, no charges could be laid against them. Very good system. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So I'm looking at the rational wiki, uh, article on Gamergate. Oh, cool. Is that not a good source? No, I, I think this is a good source. I think that this is going to be a, uh, a it's an incredibly biased source, but I feel like perspective. It, I think it's going to give us a lot to, to I, work with. I Googled Jeffrey Epstein last night because I, I had it in my head that he was arrested in 2020 and he was arrested in 2019. I don't know why I had those mixed up. But when you Google him, it says Jeffrey Epstein was a sex trafficker and financier. And I've never seen anyone else that has committed a crime have that be in their like bio summary or their first line of Wikipedia. Occupation. Yeah, like usually it's what they did and then if they committed a crime, it'll be under like legal issues or something like mm. halfway down the page. I've never seen someone introed as sex offender. No, you're right. Occupation which, crime doer. Which so, is really, I mean, I, I, I don't mind because that's what he was. That was his occupation was trafficking. But it's, yeah, it was interesting. I've never seen that before. Yeah. So if you go to Wikipedia and you look up Gamergate, there's the first result is Gamergate brackets harassment campaign. The second result is Gamergate brackets ant, which is a reproductively viable female worker ant. Called Gamergate. Yes. Talk, talk on that, Cameron. Well, a Gamergate is a mated worker ant that can reproduce sexually, i.e. lay fertilized eggs that will develop as females. Worker ants rise up. In the vast majority of, of ant species, workers are sterile and Gamergates are, um, are restricted to taxia where... Uh, the workers have yeah, this a fun- has gone well. <laughs> have a functional have a functional sperm reservoir. Did did someone put a a word swapper on your browser? No, they put a word swapper in my brain. It's called dyslexia. I, I guess, but it's why is, why is it called Gamergate? Anyway, let's talk about the Gamergate that's not to do with ants. All right, yeah. Gamergate. How does game like? Because I wasn't like present and aware of Gamergate while it was happening. Yeah, so maybe explain it for think, the layman. I think I was a a little bit behind because I'm I'm not a gamer. Mm, when uh, I, who who among us yeah. is, would would 
So Dylan's not a gamer. Cameron, no. are you a gamer? Yeah, I would, I would say that. But I'm... you were playing console games at that time. Like at that were... time, so but I still had a YouTube connection. So you knew about Gamergate as it was going on? Um, yes, I believe so. I I've, believe like, so. Vague memories of that time and the content that was coming out around it. Like I remember all of the content that was coming out about what's her name, Anita Sarkeesian. Um, I was a big. Do you remember cons- Sargon of a card going on Joe Rogan, and he kept name dropping Anita Sarkeesian to the point where Joe was like, "Who is this person that you keep bringing? <laughs> Who's up? this one?" Bitch? Joe, Joe had to like tell him off and be like, "She's not here to defend herself. Why do you keep bringing up this person?" Yeah, back when he was good, the the occasional Joe dub. Yeah, rare Joe, mm. rare Rogan. He just w. didn't care. It was like really unproductive to the conversation because Joe's like. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily a normal guy, but he's definitely more well-adjusted than people who are seriously invested in Gamergate. At that time as well, probably. It's yeah. funny, like... Cause... Like, he's he's just... He's out of touch because he's famous. He's not out of touch because he's, like, a Spurg who's mad about feminism. Rogan is, like, associated with the chronically online because his presence is online and people online consume his content. But yeah. when he comes up against someone like a Sargon and, mm. and they're... He is he's, online the, physically. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's uploaded. <laughs> he's fully online. All right, so how did it start? How did Gamergate start? Yeah, give d- us a, give us a recap. Definitely give us a recap and a rundown also because I would consider myself a PC gamer. Like I was playing PC games from the age of like eight, but I... Uh, I wasn't online. Like I was playing um, games that were like land-based and not online and mostly because I was young, but I was also a girl and playing online as a girl usually had quite a lot of backlash in that time. So I have like, I have no knowledge of Gamergate whatsoever. I was completely oblivious to any of that. I was just Mm. in my own little safe game corner where I played like Age of Empires and Heroes of Might and Magic away from the the evils of online gaming so it uh it wasn't something that i was uh i, I would not say that i was a supporter of gamergate um the the allegations are not true mm-hmm. um but i was uh in a space i suppose um say at university around uh grown-ass mm-hmm. men uh who would claim that um in person what, they were pro-gamergate yeah yeah um, That's cool. <laughs> which, when I suppose it originally uh, arose, itself was not as uh, controversial a statement as um, looking it up on Wikipedia and saying, oh, look, it's a harassment campaign. Yeah. Um, although, choosing to Jeffrey sign... Jeffrey Epstein was an American gamer. <laughs> mm. Choosing to sign What if we did a, a reboot that... of American Gangster called American Gamer? American Gangster is not that good. No, I rewatched it recently, and like Denzel rocks, but like when he shot that guy in the street. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> there's cool moments, <laughs> but like it's not that good of a movie. I don't like how it ends, and if that's the way that it ended in real life, then you know that's what, what with him re- getting away with it. He does his time and then he comes out and the cop who was like hunting him down for being like a sociopathic killer and drug dealer is like just his boy now, like they're friends. And they hang out. Yeah, and they have, have a mutual respect for one another. But why? It d- doesn't make sense with the way Russell Crowe is characterized. As it's being like Hannibal like Lecter and ca- the like other guy. Russell Crowe is like shown to be like the the last good cop who really has integrity and morals and stuff, and then he ends up just being friends with a psycho. Yeah, that's what happens when you do like 
biopics of real stories, they're disappointing because the world yeah, is Yeah, because real life sucks. Yeah. Narratively speaking. Anyway, mm. let's let Brendan finish his uh, explanation what do you think of, of American Gamergate? Gangster. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. No. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, that was what I got, yeah. I'd recommend Heat, but I know you've seen Heat. I, I think Heat's good. Yeah, Alan. Yeah. All right, sure. Oh, no, I'm making enemies. Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting on board with that, um, but anyway. So, I remember at the time having conversations with people who would, uh, with sincerity, uh, talk about how Gamergate was a movement for um, uh, journalistic integrity. Uh, which, ethics uh, in games journalism. Ethics mm. in games journalism. Uh, all, almost verbatim. Um, when asked uh, what... What the hell are you talking about? And also, like, what about regular journalism? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a problem. The, the yeah. game is uh, not concerned. Um, the the I do remember, and I, you know, verifying, looking it up, uh, there was the, uh, uh, what was that game? Depression Quest? Yeah. Yes. So Zoe Quinn, a creator named Zoe Quinn, um, created a an indie game for charity, not for charity, but just for free, called Depression Quest. It was yeah. like a text-based RPG uh, to raise awareness of what it was like to have depression. Mm. Yes, and it got reviewed by uh, like many people, but also someone uh, with whom I believe she had at some point been in a relationship with. And that is referred to as like a catalyst of the event. Um, yeah, because they gave it a good review, and that's lying. Yeah, because it's because um, it's a conflict of interest, right? Um, which which it is, but it's also like wow, people within an industry meet each other and have relationships. I don't remember that it was a good review. It wasn't a bad review. It wasn't this right. game sucks, but he didn't, um, I don't know that um, he even actually gave. Uh, I think there's no score. I think their pronouns are they now. Anyway, I apologize, but uh, um, I don't know that they even give the, the the reviewer even gave the game a good review. I think it was just like mentioned offhand in some article. It wasn't something itself that would have been all that significant. But so the brief summary here is: uh, video game designer breaks what are you, up. What are you doing? We have a guest on, and you're like, I'm going to read Wikipedia. All right, tell the story, Brendan. I think that uh, it's one of the things where the people who were involved in the uh in the uh review um is like non-traditional or non-triple-a gaming media uh which is being handled by developers uh that are not i don't know straight white men uh and being reviewed by people who are also not and i the impression that i got was that um there was never any like apart from saying oh well the developers and the uh reviewers are uh, in cahoots and uh that's that's not right uh there was never really any more specific criticism than that that uh, it was just evident that uh these links shouldn't be uh shouldn't be there but and isn't that just, like, is that not just a thing anyway? Yeah. Like, with movies and video games and anything where there's, like, big 
institutions that review things. People are paid to give good reviews to media all the time. It's like it's, you know, it happens, it literally happens on YouTube now where you have people who review certain kinds of media, whether that be video games or film, television, whatever that is, and the producers of that media will reach out to them and say, hey, we'll cut you a deal or we'll give you like a, an early screening or we'll do this and that if you come and review it and give it a positive review or give it like a good review sort of thing. Mm. And that happens all the time. Like I think this as well, like reading into it, I think it because it was obviously reviewed by people who had similar views, I think the the feeling there was that, well, obviously it's going to be a biased review because they they want this sort of game to succeed. And it's like, well... Yeah, like if it, if this is the kind of stuff that you're interested in or you want to see in gaming culture, of course you're going to give it a positive review. Like of course you're going to mm. you're going to say this is great and I really enjoy this. It's it's bizarre that that there was such a negative reaction to to what seems obvious to me. Like if you are interested in that kind of media and you're reviewing that kind of media and you give it a positive review, that just makes sense. So that that whole controversy started because so Quinn's former boyfriend Aaron I don't know how to pronounce that G J what is that noise you can ask Google okay anyway um, never mind a guy named Aaron had a blog post called the Zoe Post which is just like he was bitter about their um, about their breakup so it was like a lengthy uh, post about like how. Basically, his ex is bad. Um, Very cool behavior. Yeah, included like copies of personal chat logs, emails, text messages, and the blog falsely implied that Quinn received a favorable review for Depression Quest in exchange for their sexual relationship with Nathan Grayson, a reporter for the gaming website Kotaku, Kotaku and Rock Paper Shotgun. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, her ex, Aaron... Later said that they that he had no evidence of a sexual relationship between uh, Quinn and Grayson, and then it came out that Grayson had never actually reviewed any of Quinn's games. Uh, his only Kotaku article mentioning them was published before their relationship even began. So, like, yeah, Zoe, yeah. Zoe's an indie game developer gets mentioned mentioned in a Kotaku. Why do I keep saying Kotaku in a Kotaku um, article? And then a few years later, uh, Quinn releases Depression Quest, has a breakup, and then her ex is just like, let's do an online harassment. Yeah. And or, or just complain and then um, yeah. have it get picked up. Um, I, I, I don't know if uh, that person who, who um, like made, made the uh, blog post was... I don't think they're considered like a, um, a, an in-member of uh, whatever sort of what you would call leadership of the movement. No, it was like very much, it was very much like a meme that just like, this is the person that we're mad at right now. Yeah. And the fact that it was based on a lie, I think it just sort of got out of everybody's 
It got wow. out of hand. I've just realized as well. So here it says, and I'm very disappointed by this. Online attackers of Quinn at first used the label Quinspiracy, later adopting the hashtag Gamergate after it was coined by actor Adam Baldwin in 2014, whose nearly 190,000 Twitter followers helped the spread of this hashtag. Adam Baldwin is in the series Firefly. He plays um, oh, and yeah. Serenity. He plays Jane. And that's deeply saddening because I love that series. He's I'm, I'm the sorry to say best Baldwin. Adam Baldwin is uh is uh bef- long before then been known to be kind of a uh jerk. Great. Awesome. Or, or a lot of a jerk. Well now I can't watch Firefly. Don't like actors. They're pretending to be someone else. Yeah, also that's let true. go of Firefly. It was good. It wasn't like it the wasn't greatest great. thing ever. No. It was good. It wasn't great. You're right. But it's also like it's one of those things that you watch in your youth and you go back to because of the nostalgia and you watch again you're like... This is it wasn't it's like not- anything else. Yeah, there it, is that. That's Brendan, it. check this out. Look what the male's doing here. Ooh. It's uh, load-bearing. It is load-bearing. Look, like, look at the structural integrity of the male. It's like one of those um, uh, logic puzzles where you get the the balancing sticks that are just like hanging out. Yeah. Cool. Or the, the anti-gravity table. <laughs> oh, and then you've also got your favourite... Milo Yiannopoulos popularising the hashtag. So how does Milo get involved with it? Does he just have his ear to the ground well enough that he's like, people are angry about this He was writing for Breitbart. Yeah. That's that's what I think of uh, people on Twitter. They've got their ear to the ground. So, (laughs) I mean, he managed to, and, you know, he's fucked his career up since, but he did manage to launch his career by attaching himself to this thing when he's not a gamer, as best I can tell. That's not his his culture or his group or whatever. He's not personally involved in it. But he managed to figure out what was going on enough to associate himself with it it. and be, like celebrated or respected or whatever by people that were like taking part in it. I think that, um, people, people felt like he was representing them, which is crazy because he's just obviously not representative of gamers at all. I would say, but he, he managed to position himself that way successfully for a while. It's also kind of crazy that like all of this, all of this happened when, in that time as well, there was definitely a, a growth in sort of the, the female market for gaming. And I've spoken about this before, that one of the uh, pivotal moments in my sort of gaming experience, because I was an avid Pokemon Game Boy player mm. was when they brought out Crystal and you could play as a girl for the first time. And I remember like as a girl gamer, that just like like changing my world, absolutely rocking it. Because up until that point... You couldn't. And there were a whole lot of games where there just wasn't the option to play as a female character. And then all of a sudden, you know, companies like Nintendo and uh, and the like were realizing, oh, actually, you know, girls like to game as well. Maybe we should give them the option to be able to play as as a girl. That would be, you know, that would probably bring more into the franchise. And definitely with like, again, I've said before, 
I had friends who watched the television series and loved it but never played the games because they didn't have an interest in it because it was seen as being a boys thing and you could only play as a boy and so it would just it wasn't interesting to them at all and capitalizing on that market and going okay well we've obviously caught their attention with the the tv show how do we catch their attention with this game and it's yeah I, I just don't understand why the thought would be to exclude women from that when the more people you have playing a game means the more popularity it has and the more sort of a notoriety and funding it usually gets for more development DLCs uh, like uh, sequels all that sort of stuff so it just is crazy to me the thinking behind like excluding an entire gender from that medium is going to be beneficial in some way it yeah i mean i absolutely agree that it wouldn't be uh for really any reason but uh i would say that uh in the eyes of the people who uh, have sort of uh, pushed this agenda uh, the exclusivity is the benefit. Right. That they would see this thing as theirs and right. the the change of it, uh, the inclusion, the um uh the the you know, seeing your uh, well, they, uh your avatars as uh, women in Pokemon. And I think, I think it lined up with uh, more of uh that in what you call mainstream game writing. Uh in the 2010s mm-hmm. so according to women in stem.co.uk um the decision like the the shift towards bo- uh, gaming being for boys happened around sort of like the 80s and 90s yeah uh like with the nintendo 64 and things mm-hmm. and there's not really a clear explanation as to why it's possible that it's just if you break down like all demographics of uh gaming over its entire like period uh there have always been more women playing games yeah i think it might it might have just been easier to specifically market to um to boys than to try and capture i think that's both. a marketing phenomenon as well yeah yeah and the industry has like despite having a um despite there being a lot of women represented in the game video game like creation industry it's still always been a very male dominated industry especially like, in the uh the higher valued uh developed uh, IPs. Yeah. yeah, so it makes sense that, like, if you're around that time, most of the things that were coming out were, like, fighting games and yeah. stuff like that. Stuff that you could probably say is more, like, uh, would be more interesting to boys. It makes it would make sense that, like, some, you know, marketing executive who doesn't know anything about the subject intimately would just be like, this feels like it's a boy thing. We'll market it to boys. This is probably a safe bet money-wise. Isn't that their entire job? Eh? Isn't, isn't that what marketing is well yeah but like you think about um so did you i watched a documentary on um like barbie and how that um blew up and movie it was a movie no (laughs) no so like um toy toy companies back in the day didn't know what like boys and girls wanted they just assumed Mm. that little girls wanted to pretend to be mum so it was like baby dolls or like playing house so you've got like the easy bake oven and shit like that it wasn't uh, toys like Barbie or whatever that was more aimed at um, something like, that's uh, more, like- yeah more more aimed at like a fantasy of being something other than than a mother. 
was sort of... Something more open-ended. Yeah, something like that was unheard of at the time, Mm. and it was just because the guys that were in charge of these companies just assumed that boys wanted to play with guns and be cowboys, and little girls wanted to pretend to be wives and mothers. Mm. It's just what they assumed would be the case. And then when it wasn't until, like, uh, women moving up in these companies said, no, I think girls would want to do this, this, and this, and started taking huge risks on those that it became more popular. I think yeah. a similar thing would have happened in gaming. Would just been yeah. Because like, um, no one would assume that the games that were popular at the time, because, again, gaming companies were all just copying each other as well. So, like... Maybe it's just a thing where uh, new uh, properties or new businesses, uh, new markets, uh, tend to get filled by uh, men first just because they get positions... Yeah. Um, and then it just takes like a long time for that uh, area to balance out. Um, I don't really have any uh, anything to reference for that, but maybe. Uh, I do generally with the with the Game Gate stuff. When I uh, think back on it now, the way that I see it is as a kind of the uh, political push of saying this stop making this political yeah it, it would by been- saying it's not political at the moment because i agree with the uh, politics included yeah or i find them agreeable it feels uh, normal. and yeah exactly and then anytime uh there are more voices included that are outside of my perspective or that i feel reduce the exclusivity of the thing that i'm interested in I will push back at it. Uh, And I think that that's something that when you say uh, that um, the alt-right has sort of used uh, Gamergate as a, uh, like a trial run, or that it ended up being a trial run of the the kind of campaigns that have been run since then, I think that's the sense that it means. The way that it... Uh, depicts a certain kind of culture and the, as this, the, non-political and then something changing that as being a political push. Yeah, an, an appeal to the status quo of the way that things have been and mm. that any any attempt to change or progress past that status quo is inherently political uh, and also in being inherently political is inherently bad. And, you know, now that's... They don't even need to argue that it's bad, although they think it is. Well, yeah, now we have that with woke woke things, companies yeah. going woke and, you know, in any way catering to anything other than, I guess, straight white males um, or catering, yeah, just doing... Pro- progressing the way in which they do business in any kind of way is going woke and that's a bad thing and that's, mm. that's basically what Gamergate was like. Yeah, it's the, the same kind of, um, it's the same uh, instincts or the same thought. Yeah, th- this is, as you were saying before, like this is our thing, like this is our boys club thing, like video games are for boys. We don't want to have to think about that other stuff while we, we're playing games. Yeah, this is, this is our escapism, this is our like fantasy, this is how we enjoy ourselves and if you bring other people and their identities into it, then we now have to consider things that may be uncomfortable to us or just feel like we're not being catered to absolutely directly by this industry. And it's like, 
that's not how capitalism works. Well, <laughs> like, I think... Sorry, this is the future you wanted. That's not how capitalism works. Capitalism is going to sell to whoever the fuck's going to buy. So Capitalism can work in a lot of ways, though. I think it's, yeah. it's worth noting that, like, the the kinds of people who, like, see it as being, like, a safe space in a boys' club are the people that don't... Already don't get along with girls and that mm, are, yes. like, extremely... <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like socially unsuccessful and I guess you could say like reclusive. Like it's not just escapism in the same way that like watching your favorite TV show is escapism or uh, like the way somebody might uh, play a sport to get away from the stress of like working or whatever. Like escapism. This escapism like this is the only place where I succeed in life. Yeah. This. Well, yeah. Like being extremely Ah. online, particularly at that time, if you're talking about like web one or web two. Uh, I would never talk about Web 1 or Web 2. We don't talk about Web 1 here. (laughs) Well, like, if yeah, if you were... Because I don't know what it is. If if you're a a Web 1 autist who played, um, like, the first PC games and... If you ever posted on Usenet... Back when being a gamer was, like, you were a nerdlinger. Now gaming is normal and, like, nerd culture has become more, uh, I guess, Big Bang theoried. You know, like, being a nerd... In the like, being a nerd used to mean something. Well, yeah, literally, being a nerd in the nineties used to mean that you were a like social. It meant outcast that no one knew freak. what you were talking about genuinely. Yeah, so like, these people have found a safe space where they can be themselves and not feel judged. There's a degree of anonymity to it, so that you get to express whatever opinion and develop a certain kind of sense of humor. And there's safety and security in that. Is it FIFA that broke that down? What? FIFA. Yeah. How do you mean? In terms of like games becoming more mainstream and, you know, cool kids playing them and it not being an exclusively nerdy thing, I feel like like FIFA's not the only thing. There was so like Call of Duty, I think, maybe I feel Halo, like- but I think FIFA's up there in terms of games that really crossed over to like sporty kids or whatever. I can't say that it wasn't successful, game. but I've I've honestly never thought of. There's FIFA there's always as been the... sporty games yeah. like that. There's always been things like Madden or whatever. I feel like uh, yeah, Madden. Yeah, Madden. Madden, Madden's pre FIFA, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, there's always been sporty games like that. I feel like the uh, popularity of console games around like Xbox and PlayStation era made gaming a little bit more normalized because they weren't as prohibitively expensive. Like, games like... uh, So we've got a Super Nintendo. Back in the day, like, a game cartridge used to cost, like... uh, crazy money. Like, nowadays you can get game... You you can get really decent games for, like, 20 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever. There was an... Absolutely. Cartridges, not, though. The the Switch is still absurdly expensive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like... Back in the day, you could get, like, if you wanted to really be invested in games and play a lot of different games, you either had to be a PC guy, which was, like, out of the wheelhouse of most people at the time, or you needed to have extremely rich parents that could afford to get you all the different cartridges. Because if you got a shitty one, and there were a lot of shitty games back in that back in those days, <laughs> you were just sort of stuck with it if you didn't have the money to buy a better one. What? What? time are you uh visualizing here what's i'm i'm thinking like i'm thinking pre-xbox so probably like we don't have a year i would also accept a game is it before or after 9-11 <laughs> 
definitely before 9-11. Right. People who were like gamers, people who like played games religiously and got super into it. I was, Did you hear him pronounce it, Zed? Did you hear that? Gamers. Can we get a, 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 a another look at that one? Gamers? Gamers. Says, says no gamers. gamers. We can have one. <laughs> anyway. I'm just looking at games that were released in like 2014, 2015 to get an idea Crystal of like... Crystal was released a fair bit earlier, right? That was like... Oh, uh, yeah, that was ages yeah. back. Yeah, well, well early. That so, would have been 99, I reckon. Oh, yeah, also as around well, that I f- time. I feel like... gold and silver were 99. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm. yeah. I also feel like the fact that like so many different game console companies fell apart, like Sega fell apart... No one has a Dreamcast. It's basically just Xbox and PlayStation once you get into, like, the late 2000s slash, like, 2010s. Yeah, but nobody was ever, man, wasn't it great when there were seven different consoles? No, that's my point, though, is, like, what made gaming more mainstream is the fact that there was, like, one of two consoles that you could be on, and there was a, like, the access to gaming became a lot easier for people. Oh, yeah, yeah. but... And all the, all the while, PC gaming became a lot more accessible and is only getting more accessible over time. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't. Like, I remember playing um, at the daycare that I was at because I had a single parent and so I would get picked up by a daycare after school. They had a um, a PlayStation and they had loads of games on it, but one of them was Crash Bandicoot. And I remember Yo. playing that, yeah, and getting really good at Crash Bandicoot. And I think that's where my enjoyment as well of watching other people play games was because you would, you'd have to take turns. So you'd get like 30 minutes of a go. Oh, that would have been so good. And yeah, and then someone else took over from where you were. And if there was only two of you that were interested in playing, then it was just a back and forth between two of you playing. And if you were yeah, like... it's a collaboration. It's genuinely like, it's more than just watching the thing. Yeah, yeah. Remember when Kmart had the Xbox set up like in the aisle? Yeah. And you had those <laughs> controllers attached to the, the Why arm? don't they do that yeah. anymore? Because it's too easy to just nick that stuff now. Is it? No way. Yeah. I don't it think was it's behind got... like fucking glass and yeah, shit. Yeah, it was, it, it was a whole setup. There were bulletproof glass. There was lasers. I don't know. Still got broken it's though. It's mission yeah, impossible still, still to get that Still got broken thing. and probably stolen. Not worth the time. But I remember that. And I remember like really getting confident with like console gaming. Because up until that time, I had just been playing... Uh, like a Game Boy, which is technically a console game, but it's kind of not the same. And then like a lot of PC gaming. But then towards that sort of period in like 2013, 14, sort of 15, even though I wasn't really involved or had much to do with Gamergate, I do remember a lot of my confidence in like console gaming being knocked just because there were a whole lot of games that came out that weren't really, I guess, targeted towards the style of gaming that I liked. Like I was very much a turn-based, tactical, RPG, story-based kind of gaming. A lot of the stuff I feel like that was coming out of that time, just having a look at it, first-person shooters, actions, like it was very fast-paced. There wasn't anything for my style of gaming. And so I definitely felt intimidated by that world and just kind of stayed in my own little PC pocket of, I'm just going to play Age of Empires for the rest of my life. And it wasn't until having um, a housemate uh, who who introduced me to games that were that. And so I would just watch her play Xbox. Like she was an Xbox gamer and she actually mm. liked playing like first person shooter games, but she also liked the same style of games that I liked. So 
like I've never played Bioshock, but I watched her play the entire thing because she was like, you have to see this story. It's so good. It's so rich and immersive. And I want you to get the experience of Bioshock. I know that you don't want to play it because you're you're not uh, as confident playing console yeah, games not anymore. About the, the FPS or the... Yeah, yeah. yeah so, it is stressful. So let me, let me play this for you so that you can enjoy it and get like something out of it, and that's, I, ne- I never understood that. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't you know. Have it was to just watch this... me play this game. No, you don't have to. No. I just, Sorry. I was like, was that me? Sorry. No, it wasn't hey. me. I so uh, it wasn't a have to. It was more of a, I wanna, I kind of vicariously wanna live wanna through you playing, you. yeah, playing yeah, this game. I mean, there's, excuse me, there's plenty of like that's a whole industry on Twitch. It, or was, whatever. it wasn't though. In 2014, 2013, 2014 was the rise of YouTube mm. gamers like PewDiePie, Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, that's when they were all just starting out and getting big. So at that time, that was not as accessible as it is now because I remember getting into all of those people at that time because I had lost my confidence in gaming and was like, I will just watch them play because that's how I can still be part of the gaming sphere without having to actually play. And also why I just watched Amy play games. My housemate, shout out to her. So uh, if I could ask, you were not feeling uh, like you weren't able to access it from like a, a technological standpoint. You felt like it was not designed for you or? Yeah, very much so. Like the games were not designed for my style of gaming or my sort of Your um, sensibilities. my sensibilities yeah the games that were coming out didn't feel like they were meant for me and so I just yeah I were like did not feel confident enough to be able to play them and mm. and like or like I was going to really enjoy them it wasn't until after like watching other people play them and having Amy introduce me to some of that stuff that I kind of had a bit more confidence with console gaming, but I think ultimately... But it took being interested in the sphere from that yes. perspective first Absolutely. for some time before you came around to being like, well, no, actually I can go and, I don't know, do this. Absolutely, yeah. But there, I mean, even now, I'm not super keen on console gaming. I think ultimately I discovered that like PC gaming is just my preference i like i like console gaming it's all right but it's not it's not my preference so i think that just kind of in a way it showed me that that world is still open to me if i want to like explore it and there are games that are open to me to being able to play um and i shouldn't be like I shouldn't be put off by it or kind of you know scared to kind of go into it i think mm. also because with console gaming there was a lot more in my mind playing console gaming usually meant you had to play with other people and for a really Boo. long well for a really long time there i had only played single player games or games that meant that i didn't have to be online and playing with other people and i think yeah. a lot of that came from not only being a kid and playing games from a young age and my mom being like i don't want you to play online games because the internet is a terrible dangerous place especially for a child yeah, yeah there, there, was, there was a time for that for me as well yeah you get so, kidnapped through the computer i think yeah so a hand will reach out <laughs> But um, yeah, so I think a lot of that also manifested itself in console gaming because I recognized that most people who played console gaming were playing online with other people. And so I think there was a part of me that was also like, if I play console games, I have to play with other people and other people 
especially guys, tend to be not very patient, not very forgiving. What? Yeah, <laughs> not very forgiving, um, not very accepting. And so that also put me off it and scared me um, about like console gaming. Whereas it, in like- I think a, you are right that yes, it, would, it was a very hostile um, time or atmosphere yeah. uh, for it. You guys were around for Xbox Live, weren't you? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Right. Yes. yeah. But, but Halo thing, 3 on the 360. The yeah. thing was, though, like, obviously in the daycare, that wasn't hooked up to online. And you were just playing with people be, you knew. It would be so rad if it was, though. <laughs> no, but you were, sat next to, you were sat next to friends. You were playing with friends, and that was a safe environment, whereas... That's what I always thought of as, as the primary console experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, they got uh, online, and uh, definitely, uh, now that I think about it, there's a time when they became online portals. Yeah. Uh, primarily. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you when that crossover happened. I guess it would have been with like the, I don't know, 360 after that, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think so. I just remember playing Halo 3 online with the headset, blasting Metallica's St. Anger albums so loud <laughs> that it would go through the headset and just piss everyone off. That, that's what St. Anger's for. <laughs> just the worst Metallica album that everyone hates good times but yeah i think there was an element of that and again while i wasn't part of any of gamergate and really had no knowledge of it whatsoever the sort of the atmosphere was permeating my experience of gaming regardless so i was feeling Mm. the kind of shock waves of gamergate through my own experiences but also through just how people in that sort of sphere were negatively reacting to women in that space. They were rising up. But it just like, that's kind of interesting is that I didn't have to be aware of it or or part of any of that for it to still have kind of like negative ripples or repercussions of my experience of gaming. Mm. So, which is weird to think about. And so. I think, so like turning the like bitterness and... Uh, like hatred of women or minorities or whatever that was sort of already present in those spheres and sort of weaponizing it against a specific person or a specific, um, let's say, philosophy in the form of like feminism, whatever their perception of feminism is, just giving it a name and being mad at it. Mm. You get content creators who have, who their job is essentially to ride that wave and to keep momentum going by changing it to a new subject while keeping the same sort of overarching boogeyman. So like there was, so Gamergate was primarily focused on Zoe Quinn. Then YouTube started having a go at Anita Sarkeesian who had nothing to do with Zoe Quinn. She was just a woman who made video videos about gaming. In the and, same, in the same like sphere, but not. Yeah. Yes, yeah. From not. like a feminist lens or whatever. So she became, uh, the Antichrist. I think it's it's one of those things where once you get someone to uh, agree with you disagreeing with something, you get you you got a freebie to to bring him to one other thing. Yeah, and then like never go to a second location, kids. I think <laughs> never I, don't do it. I think that's why. Um, I think that's why people call Gamergate the dry run for the alt right because out of that you got people like 
Milo Yiannopoulos, you had Steve Bannon, you had Bright. That's how Breitbart became, uh, you know, popular is riding the wave of Gamergate. You've got that's how you get Ben Shapiro. Yeah, you got even though he's so disconnected from Gamergate because he was a he was a Breitbart writer. Yeah, like he doesn't become who he is without the success of Breitbart, wow. which is successful because yeah. of Gamergate. And you've got um, what else? Who else? Oh yeah, uh, Sargon is now a, like an active politician in the UK. He's uh, he's part of UKIP now. So like, all imagine of- still being a fan of Sargon in whatever year it is. Yeah, imagine the UK. Yeah. Do you know? Soon I- you will just have to imagine the UK. <laughs> I just had a weird flashback then as well to like. So I remember in high school. And I was at like a Catholic school at the time. And I was still gaming a little bit on my PC, but probably not as much. Like I was trying to focus on actually being a good student. But I remember, Lame. I know, I remember a bu- like one of the buses pulling into the school that would like obviously take you home. And on the side of it was an advert for the first Gears of War. Mm. And I've just looked it up and yeah, it was in 2006. So I would have been in like year 10. And I remember it because it came out on my birthday that year. It was scheduled to come oh out my on my birthday God. that year. And I remember being like, oh, my God, this would be, like, so cool to play. This game's for me. But then I remember talking to my mum about it and her being like, I don't know how I feel about you playing, like, a game about war. And that also kind of stifling that Didn't side of my Age gaming. Didn't you play Age of Empires? Different, though. Gears of War, That's I feel fun. like, is a, is a different game to Age of Empires. Like, well, yes, I, they are different games. No, so the difference would be that I would have won mum over with Age of Empires because you're kind of learning a little bit about civilizations as you're going. Like there's an you're educational... about imperialism There's firsthand. an educational element to it. So my mum was usually swayed by things having a slight educational element to it. I think mm. Pokemon was the only exception where she was like, I understand you're obsessed with this thing and I'm, I'm as long as you shut up about it here, have some Pokemon. Probably um, it's, you, it's just like, uh, no, no, look, this is Pokemon. And then the adults are trying to look at this tiny little uh, Game Boy screen, being like, "It's yeah, probably fine. It's what, fine. It's fine." What if you, what if you didn't get into Pokemon? Do you think you get into like bug collecting or something? Probably. You something. strike me as a bug collector. It Probably. Bug collecting. It that's, is bug collecting. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Is like that's the if she was not cool with video games, she'd probably have to be a, a bug. I'd be catcher. one of those creepy people that like, like not a bug chaser though. Does, that's a different um, thing. Uh, what's it called? Um, where you um turn animals into statues? That's not it. Taxidermy. Taxidermy. There we go. <laughs> I know. I was like, I where is the word? It's not coming. No, you're right. That, uh, that's what it I, is. I would have been. I would probably would have been into like yeah, bug taxidermy, where I had like pinned butterflies and all that sort of. Didn't you have weird a bee stuff. skeleton in your desk when you were a kid? I think so. I had I, a white tail. House- I think I recall that. I had a white tail spider in uh, that I caught and that I would feed daddy long leg spiders to. Um, yeah, but I remember seeing that ad and asking mum about it and she was like, mm, I'm not sure I'm so comfortable with you playing like a war game. But also I think because I realised that there were like some of the guys at school were talking about it and I think there was a bit of a weird intimidation factor there as well where it was like, I wouldn't be good enough at the game. So what would be the purpose in buying the game? Because I just wasn't going to be good at playing that kind of game anyway. In hindsight, that's hilarious because Gears of War's uh, gameplay was for babies. Yeah. Cover-based cover shooting is a blight on uh, 
the abuse gaming. of cover-based shooting, yes, but Gears of War was not the problem. They, no? they did fine. I uh, thought they it wasn't I, wasn't I thought, for me. But I thought they started that trend. I yeah, thought, they started the trend, but that's the problem is when someone has like, oh, we've we've got this new mechanic, and then everyone's like, we got to get that in our thing. We got to get that. I don't uh, know. I remember when I your game is not designed around cover-based shooting. I didn't play the first one. I played the third one, and I remembered being just like, uh, I haven't played any. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Get from from Gamergate comes uh, the alt right, and I think with uh, just the 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 underlying feelings not going away. Some people have obviously aged out and you know become normals, but I think those those underlying feelings uh, that are just pervasive in the culture. I think that's true, but I think it also didn't start there. It's just no, it's it, just a, it definitely didn't start there. The, like the 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 point is like the main figureheads of these are opportunists. They're exploiting. They're finding a new way to rebrand the same yeah, shit. It's. That's why white supremacists are so. That's why they're so effective. That's why they were able to turn. Like I think that's why so many Gamergate people became just basically online Nazis. Is because like they were essentially apolitical. They didn't care. They were playing video mm. game. Well, like they would have. They thought they were apolitical. They thought they yeah, were. Apolitical. No one. No one's apolitical. That's a thing that. But like, like that's what a I peeve on like dating apps for me when people put their apolitical or non-political. It's like no, you just subscribe to the current politics. You're just but satisfied. like they don't yeah. think about politics in the way that you might. The, the way that you might think about politics, they don't care about who's getting elected. They're not paying attention to any of that, and I think. You know, post Gamergate, leading into you know, you know Trump and the alt right, it kind of, you know, it red pilled people. It woke them up to you know, I yeah. can, I yeah, can. Yeah, it ha- was an event that that um, caused a lot of, uh, I know, build up of of that. Um, and I think the manosphere is a is just the next iteration of that. Like the this, what? The manosphere. You know what that is? No. It's what this, the whole thing we're doing here. This is the first time you've mentioned it. Oh, okay. Tell me about the Manosphere. Uh, yeah. And do you need to uh, pull up the um, the Wikipedia article or the? <laughs> I don't. I don't need to, but it helps. <laughs> what was the other one? We never did see what uh, what the other one had to say about Gamergate. What the? No, I've got Rational Wiki and yeah, Wikipedia. Ration, yeah, I've been tell ref- us I've, about Rational Wiki. I want to know what they say. I've been referring to both of them as we go. Well, oh. Brendan wants you to read out Rational Wiki. He's yeah, the I, guest. I want to hear. So. The, I want to hear the synopsis. Okay. Do you want? Do you want me to use Speechify on it? No, uh, so Lord, just, no. no one wants that. No one wants that. <laughs> so you want me to just read? I guess yes. not. Yes. Uh, all right. Or I can read it. First paragraph is Gamergate is a distillation of the worst and most reactionary of the internet. Uh, especially, Starting off strong. Especially in the mid-2010s, taking the form of a 2014 raid from 4chan users that went on for way too long, showing everyone how reactionary... Ver- Virulently, virulently, uh, virulently. virulently. Yeah. I can't pronounce that. Virulently is an absurd word. Mm. Um, uh, misogynistic and frankly stupid, the Solarian underbelly of the video gaming community can be. Uh, Gamergate has its roots in. This anti- sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it is uh, more anti-Gamergate than I had uh, initially. Yeah, it's not feared, a neutral. <laughs> it's not a neutral source. It's not I didn't just think like, it was going to be a neutral source, though. It's not like gaming Wikipedia. It's like very biased. Well, thanks for indulging but me. I, anyway. As far as I can tell, the the sources are solid, and it definitely ties in quite 
neatly to the manosphere. Like this is so this isn't Wikipedia. This is uh, it's called Men's Group, um, and it says. Uh, men's group. Imagine having a thing for men. I know. I know. Oh, he's citing Wikipedia. Well, fine. <laughs> a, a, it's a collection of websites, social media, blogs, and online forums promoting masculinity, online misogy, mo, bleh, misogyny, and strong opposition to Dumb feminism. Bitch can't even say misogyny. <laughs> uh, this movement Misogyny. comprises uh, <laughs> comprises white men uh, closely linked to alt right and far right movements when associated with online harassment, implications in men's radicalization into misogynistic beliefs. Radicalization. Yeah. That's and glorifying violence uh, towards women. Some reports associate the Manosphere uh, radicalization with mass shootings, often motivated by misogyny and even the election of Donald Trump into office. The thing with Trump is interesting because clearly he rode in on a wave that was kind of already built for him by people like Milo and by Nick Fuentes and... Mm. People that, and yeah, Breitbart especially, I mean, he had Bannon in the White House for however long. Um, So obviously he rode in on that wave, but the thing that always interests me about Trump is that he is never that explicit about, like, he he didn't talk about Gamergate. He He doesn't talk about anything. He talks about how things are not good and would be better, which is... Yeah, he's such a, like, vapid vessel for you know, whatever narrative you want to insert, that's how you get things like QAnon, right? That are utterly ridiculous, but, but he, it's still he's, a- he's vague enough that they can attach these plot lines to him that he's just not even engaging with yeah. on any level. He's barely, he's barely even winking at them, really, but there's just something in the way that he like conducts himself as a politician that all of that stuff can be... It's because he's anti-political. Yeah, it's because that is his platform that, you know, these politicians uh, freaking suck. Yeah. Um, these politics suck. Yeah. Uh, which is not the thing that I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Because I don't like politics. I'm a businessman. Yeah. So this, uh, this article here as well says generally there are four main groups under the Manosphere and it lists them as men's rights activists, MRAs, advocate. Uh, so they advocate political change to benefit men. Men going their own way, which I've not heard of, which is MGTOW, a group of men who believe that women are so toxic that men should avoid them altogether, Uh, pickup artists, uh, PUAs, men teaching other men seduction strategies to be more successful in attracting women. Notable PUA figures include Roosh V of the Return of Kings site, and then involuntary celibates, incels, men who feel entitled to a relationship with a woman but are incapable of finding a partner. If that's not the four horsemen, uh, I, like... <laughs> Nightmare blood rotation. A, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you guys know the, uh, um, the pickup artists and garbage men should swap names? No. What? No, is that the joke? That's a joke. Okay. 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 <laughs> I was like, uh, are they a separate group? Are the gar- are the garbage men a separate group of no, toxic masculinity? They're like a 50s gang. Yeah. You know? They have <laughs> c- cig- men. cigarette they, packs they up their sleeves. sleeves and they snap they as they snap walk fingers. down the street. Yeah. Great. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I feel like modern uh, the modern manosphere in the form of like uh, red pill podcasts and like, like this one, most notably Andrew Tate. That's just the next iteration of 
like you know the reason that you're sad and lonely and nobody likes you is because women have rights Oh, there's other stuff here. It says... They want things that are unreasonable. List of other men's rights movements under Manosphere. So it says, let me know if you guys have heard of any of these because I've probably only heard of like maybe one or two of them. Uh, Father's Manifesto, an early men's right movement, uh, MRM website, mostly focused on spreading conspiracy theories. A Voice for Men, a group that hopes to expose misandry on all levels, mostly comprised of members who are turned off by the fringe politics of other men's right forums. Uh, Register-her.com, a sub of Voice for Men that keeps an offender registry that tracks female murderers, female rapists, uh, and false rape accusers. Because uh, there's so few of them, you need na- to have like a list national, so you don't lose the stats. National Coalition for Men, a uh, non-profit group that raises awareness about the effects of sex discrimination on men and boys. Fathers for Justice, a British paternal rights group that gained notoriety in the mid-2000s. Doesn't say what they're about, though. Red Pill, a group based on the classic sci-fi film The Matrix, where the hero chooses to take a red pill. Um, that does happen. That's the it's whole true. movie. Anti-sl- that was the that was the pitch that they gave to the studio. Um, yeah, and- he offers him the pills. He takes the red pills, and it just cuts to crows. What you say? What you say? <laughs> yeah, what you say? What? Um, yeah, that's the movie. It was originally supposed to be like an ad for Big Pharma. <laughs> Anti-slut defense. So ASD is what they're calling themselves. That rocks. Imagine being anti-slut. Um, a, a pickup art, artist group that discusses tactics used by women to dodge their sex responsibilities, such as offering token resistance or claiming they are too drunk to say no. Wouldn't that make uh, them the opposite of sluts? Um, if they're not giving out sex? I don't know. I don't know how fully thought out yeah. anti-slut defense oh, is okay. as a pla- as a movement as wait a maybe the girls are anti-sluts they're they're the anti they're the anti-slut okay yeah. so you got poor hate which is a site for those who feel dissatisfied with the pua movement yeah and then gamergate an organization of mostly white males that turns traditional video game enthusiasts against feminists and gamers who advocate for more inclusive game culture and then 4chan and on Online platform used by Gamergates to plot revenge against women. I mean, among other things, but yes. Um, Was 8chan on that? No. 8chan is the... That's the real bad one. Mm. Something that I've noticed, like I've I've noticed this before, but I saw like two examples of it in the last couple of days and both of them were related to UFC, which is funny. You were like, the only Reddit that I really look at is a UFC Reddit and I watch it while I'm watching a live event. Because it's just, yeah. you know, people are talking about the event as it happens. But um, MMA fans are pretty fucking stupid for the most part. Yeah. There are different kinds of stupid. There's the Reddit stupid and then there's the Instagram comments, which is more of like a normie stupid. <laughs> um, Instagram comments are definitely very different. And I could w- beat you up. Oh, man. Like no, the, no. the speed with which, like it, it's a joke, the speed with which an exchange under a MMA post on Instagram devolves into I could kick your ass. Like it just, you that would be the thing that you would make up as a joke about MMA heads is that they threaten each other on the internet. And they, they do. They just, it happens all the time. You guys but, have seen that bodybuilding post about uh, arguing about how many days there are in, in a week, right? 
No, no. I haven't. It's it's very very good. It's probably <laughs> I'm looking the, that the up now. Best, Pull that uh, shit up, The Jamie. best media on the internet ever. So the two things that I saw recently, one was a female MMA fighter won a fight, and when she won, she she twerked. Uh, uh, like when she was like she had a hand raised and she like turned around and twerked and then she's she's Argentinian so the translator came over and she kind of like didn't twerk on him but kind of like at him or close to him for a, for a couple of seconds and it was like a, a screen In the it was a screen cap of that and it was just like these guys being like oh yeah what if a man had done that what if a man had like you know, I would have rocked if a dude twerked. You know, put his body like close to him or like basically like why is it okay for a woman to do this? Because if a man did it, it would be sexual assault. And then the other one was, uh, oh, um, during like the weigh-ins, there was like a female um, like commentator or something. I don't watch weigh-ins because who does? It's fucking boring. But there was this clip of like basically a female MMA fighter weighing in. She's wearing a bikini. That's pretty common. Like some people, like it, it, the men go down to their undies. Sometimes they go nude and someone holds a towel in front of them if they're really trying to get rid of like half a pound. But she's wearing a bikini and the female commentator said something about how she's driving a dump truck because she's, cause she's oh, got a big ass, which which is like an unprofessional thing to say. But people got so mad. What if a man said that? Dude, just get laid. Like my, my, my only fucking advice to you is just go and fucking get laid. Like you're getting so twisted about like... What if, a, like, a, this would be unacceptable if a man did it? And there's no reason why I could see it would be any different if a man imposed his body on someone else as opposed to, like, a five-foot-nothing woman or, like, it's just... It, I've seen, I see examples of it prior to those two, but I just saw those two in the last couple of days, and I was like, that really does capture a current online trend of men getting upset about women doing things by saying, what if a man had have done that? Mm. And just forgetting any kind of like, like, what are you saying? Do you think that men and women are the same? Cause I, I doubt that you do. Like, I doubt that. So do you think that this chick that twerks, she should fight in the men's league, like in a men's weight category? Cause they're, they're exactly the same sort of, mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like these people genuinely are so egalitarian that they think men and women are the same and therefore the acts that they commit have exactly the same kind of well, ask like them what weight they th- or context. Ask them what they think about a female teacher having sex with a 14-year-old boy. Don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't ask them that. It's just such a, like... Yeah, MMA fans are extremely stupid. It's the fans of anything. There's going to be stupid people, but unfortunately, when the thing you're dealing with is like people getting punched in the head a lot, you're going to encounter a lot of stupid people. Yeah, but they're yeah. not the ones getting punched in the head. They should. They um, should be. Before we move on to that next bit, I just wanted to say that where I was reading from was a website called Men's Group, and it's actually quite. It seems quite a positive website where they promote men wanting to overcome challenges and grow, but don't have the right people around them to help them grow. And it's things like, um, you know, uh, 
feeling pressure and anxiety and depression and if you're um if you're struggling with like poor boundaries loneliness um unhealthy behaviors uh things like that so you know uh, challenges that you can work through improving communication um family issues being a dad addictions divorce and breakups all that sort of stuff so they seem like i really pretty- need help with my being a dad addiction <laughs> They, well, they seem like they're a pretty good community. I'm addicted to buying ridiculously expensive helicopters. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we need to vet it a bit more, but yeah. it seems like they are wanting to have a positive impact on. They all men. say that. They all say they that. They do they not want, all say that. They um, do literally some all of them, say that. No, no. There's, uh, a, a lot of them will be like, hey, maybe you should, like, Talk about your problems, and then others will be like, "It's women. Women have done." No, this but to they you. all claim to be having a positive impact on oh, men. Yes, that part they claim to. Yes, yeah, that so is true. They, that's what I'm saying. All it's the like, other words, yeah, are, are, are a little different. Anyway, well, I mean, look, they're saying they they have a team of counselors, therapists, coaches, first responders. They're all contributing. Don't recommend this page that we know nothing I'm about. I'm not. I'm just. You reading. are. You're doing a fucking plug. No, for them. I'm just saying this is what they're listing. And um, so, first responders means nothing. Okay. They're, those we've hired police and soldiers. Okay. Those are universally good people. They're wanting to create a community. Man, the idea of like 9-11 first responders is so funny because it's just imagine the amount of New York worked under Bloomberg throwing black people up against a wall for stopping for us dumbass cops that had to run into those towers. So they've said that- Wow, you had to do a real day's work for once. They want to- That's it. We're coming out as anti-9-11 first they responders. They want to help not. every you day. Are. They want to help everyday <laughs> men <laughs> find conversations and friendships to help them overcome challenges and grow. And everybody comes from different backgrounds, race sexualities and places um and it was they started it back in 2010 because he was trying the founder of it was trying to find like-minded men who wanted to talk openly about you know expressing any of the challenges that they've had in their lives and not feeling like they need to specifically turn- not being in the groups of uh, in the list that was uh that the, you were reading off that's of it yeah not having to turn to any of the uh like alt-right manosphere side of things creating a positive community where they can just talk to one another and feel like it's a safe space that they don't have to uh, seek out those other terrible platforms. Anyway, um, we've gotten so lost and we just had a, a five-minute plug of uh, a men's website. What? This bring is bring us back, Cameron. What Let's, we're uh, about is so challenging. We don't know that. We don't know what these people no, do. No, but we, we as a podcaster are about challenging the manosphere and I'm looking at this and it seems to I'm align this. with what we're this. about. We're I'm, cutting this. I'm cutting this. Are you serious? I'll look into We're keeping it later. in the bit where I said first responders are not good. No, we're not. <laughs> we're definitely not doing that. That's has anyone be, made a that's joke gonna about... That's going to be the entire... That's, that's the whole uh, episode. Has anyone it's made a joke about how, like, Al-Qaeda are good? They were the first ones in the towers. <laughs> you know, I'm sure somebody <laughs> hasn't. Um, you can take that to your it next could be open you. mic. Yeah. I, anyway. I do want to do an open mic of... Just nine eleven material. What you should do is an open mic where you ask people if anyone's made a joke about that yet. Has anyone said this yet? <laughs> folks, folks, you hear about this? 
like you're pitching the jokes to them. You think that's what open mics are about? It's like, hey guys, so I had some ideas for some Just jokes. Pre- I wanted yeah, to run the by opening you. every joke was, what about? <laughs> 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 so it's like it's nine eleven. And yeah, just starting every <laughs> joke like that. Anyway, so we're getting towards the end of the free. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is the Andrew Tate trial or like the con- the, the stuff surrounding that whole deal. Do you know much about that, Brendan? Uh, I know it's in Romania. All right, then. That's correct, right? That is yes. correct. Let's go. So um, do we have anything else on just to, to further solidify the bridge between... Um, Gamergate and and Andrew Tate and the Manosphere. Do we have anything else that we... Is there anything you specifically wanted to touch on Gamergate that we didn't get to? Because I think we've got like the sketch of kind of what it was about, the couple of inciting incidents, so like the review and things like that, a couple of the participating bodies like Breitbart or or Milo. Mm. I still don't really know how they get attached to it, but I guess they just... it's It's their job unfortunately, to find things that are going off in the culture and see how they can spin them to benefit themselves. I guess that um, the, the main thing that I thought about it was uh, something I kind of already said, but it's the uh, the bad faith argument of the supposed politicization of yeah. an area. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this response merely being a pushback to an inappropriate... Uh, step that has been taken it's funny like i'm i'm making jokes about 9-11 because it's funny but it's time but um it's funny the so like the going to iraq we're going to afghanistan then going to, then going to iraq yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, those if you were resist, like it, it happens after every school shooting, or it happens before America goes into a fucking war, which we follow them into, or whatever. Any kind mm. of resistance to that is politicizing it to the point where you can literally be going to war with a sovereign country, and if you're against that, you're the one politicizing it. Like that's not a deeply political act yeah. to be responding. I, I would it- never trust anyone who claims that. Uh, something is being politicized. Yeah, like, it, you're already there. It, it's it's just yeah, exactly. And like it's it's funny how like even an example such as uh, in the wake of a terrorist attack, uh, going to war with a country who, I mean, didn't do it. But even if they did, even if they were 100 percent sure that Afghanistan did 9/11, if I did do it, yeah, if, even if you're 100 percent sure, which they weren't, and they lied about it. Um, Oh, they were sure. Going to yeah, they were sure about what they wanted to do. Um, going to war with a country, any pushback against that being like, oh, these lefties or whatever, these liberals are politicizing it. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a thing that obviously predates Gamergate and will continue on past it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do think it's a very a very potent focus on that kind of argument. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about you guys, did you have anything else that? For Gamergate. Oh, yeah, for Gamergate, I think for, for the, drawing this... The, uh, whole, the whole deal is basically the the underlying feelings that lead to stuff like Gamergate and then eventually lead to things like the alt-right, which uh, obviously that had... Um, that culminated with Charlottesville or things like QAnon, which then led to uh, Jan 6th and, you know, etc., that also whole, very cool. Very cool. 
Um, that whole pipeline of content plays on the same sorts of uh, aggrieved entitlement that, like, a lot of particularly straight white. It's not. It's not exclusively straight white men, but it is uh, like overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly straight. And when white it's men. not, they make a big deal out of it. Like, look how gay Milo is. Well, yeah, and like, he agrees with us. It's that. Well, you've got the the sort of grifty types like Milo who are clearly just profiting off of it and don't care about any of these things. Like, he, Milo's not a gamer. He doesn't care. He didn't care from the start. He's just trying to. He's not himself. a real gamer. Fake gamer. Yep. Um. Or you've got people like. Um, or Trump, as as we mentioned, yeah, who like doesn't Trump. align himself directly with anything, but manages to embody most of it. Or Ben Shapiro, who has no reason to care about any of these things besides just being like a like an orthodox conservative Jewish man who doesn't like yeah, just a, a theocrat and an ideologue. Yeah, I believe that's that what ben it says Sh- on his Wikipedia page, right? That's his <laughs> occupation. Ben Shapiro is an American ideologue. Yeah. Anyway. I- yeah. The the underlying sort of aggrieved entitlement is this feeling of like I. You know, I should be, I should get a girlfriend, I should have a wife, I should have all of these things, but this... This is not the capitalism that I was promised. The, the All co- this stuff that I should have is not uh, not coming my way because... Yeah, the messaging that they're getting from the media is that, like, they should be getting these things and these things will ultimately make them happy. Like, that's the main thing is that, like, they're not happy they're not experiencing mm. the happiness that they were told would come to them if they would ju- if they just well, did I, I all of the right things I, whether that's like making money and getting a job or if that's um like getting a good education like a lot of these people are legitimately educated they're smart interesting creative people and they were told from a very young age that if you work hard and you do this and this you'll be happy and you'll get all this stuff but that's not how it's worked out and the the figureheads at the, you know, that are not necessarily in control, but the figureheads of these movements are saying mm. the reason you're not getting it is because this system, and right now it's called the Matrix. Before that, it was called, uh, you know, just feminism. It was the SJWs. This boogeyman has taken it from you and they're preventing you from getting it and they're giving it to these undeserving, like, uh, political types they're get they're, you know they're taking games away and giving it to women they're taking uh redheads away and giving it to black people they're, <laughs> they're t- what my my little mermaid think of the redheads uh, yeah no yeah yeah it, like it, it, the two things kind of work concurrently it's like a two-pronged sort of thing and they're probably work in some level of coordination but you've got the traditional conservative media that is like family values and yeah. capitalism and so that's that's the prong that's been making these promises of look if you if you don't have sex until marriage and you have a family and you have 2.5 children and if you like work a job and blah 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 and like if you do all these things like that's how it's meant to be that's how life's meant to be that's a good christian american life and that you know you'll have a house and a family and you'll be the the patriarch like the conservative and it's usually old school and it's radio and it's whatever it is they've been laying that groundwork and then you have this splinter faction which works concurrently which is do not have those things well, here's why. Here's mm. why you don't have all those things that have been promised to you by legacy media that you grew up with that may not be as impactful on you today 
but definitely shaped the world that you live in and what you heard when you were younger. And what like, your expectations what, were developed to be. Yeah, what you're, yeah, exactly, what they were developed to be. Because like, you, you didn't come out of the womb with those expectations. Those expectations were shaped by legacy media and mainstream politicians, and that's when you need this alt-right, the alternative right, the, the, the more fringe faction that's going to agree with those uh, ethics and those prescriptions, but also have a reason as to why you have been unable to un, uh, unable to attain these things. Yeah, I remember having an argument with somebody in the comments on Reddit, and you should cool. def- you should definitely. I would ne- never remember having an argument. <laughs> yeah, you should not do that. Um, but it was a guy who I forgot what the um, what the subject of the post was, but it was like something about women's standards or whatever. And he was, this person was complaining about like women's standards are unreasonable and the things that he was listing about himself were like, you know, I'm... Oh, the standards that women have of men. Yeah. Right. I, it's like, the standard I, of women is in sharp decline. I, well, that, that too, they, they talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, you've, but anyway, it's like, you know, um, what was it? Oh yeah, I like, I work hard, I... Um, I'm loyal, I'm this, I'm that. And they were just like basic things that every person... I'm not interesting. Well, like, it's like, I work hard. Okay, so you're not a lazy person. Okay, everyone cool. Everyone should be a hard worker. That's not really a selling point. Yeah, it is one of those things. You were describing minimal decency. Also, yeah, what, like, I mean, I don't work hard because I have an easy job and no woman I've ever been with has been like, you don't work hard at your job. Like, yeah. They, like, they don't care about that. Yeah, so, like, you're either describing Quick, things that get are, onto like... the internet. <laughs> you're describing things that are, like, the minimum requirements for being, I guess, like, a functioning human. In, you're not, in a society. Yeah, like, you're... Like you, you exercise. Okay, cool. That's you should be doing that. That's that should be a bare minimum. If you're not exercising, that's a red flag. Um. So like, yeah, this stuff is not meant to be a checklist. At the end of which, you get a girlfriend. But it's the like, it's this, it's this expectation that like, if I just do these bare minimum things, a a girl will find me interesting, and then we'll get married, and I'll mm-hmm. get all of these things that I want. Which like. That is, I guess, in like, it, strangely, in a lot of circumstances, that is the entire expectation. Like, yeah. But the thing is, as well, is like, it's kind of like they're kind of right in that you know, if you're just a normal person who's like fun to hang out with, eventually you'll meet a girl who thinks that you're kind of cool and they like your personality, and you guys like for for most people that is sort of what happens. But and the effort is the like maintenance of the relationship. That's where the real hard work comes in is maintaining a long term relationship with somebody because that's the, that's difficult. But meeting people and having those initial experiences is fairly easy, as long as you're not a creepy, bitter freak that scares the hose. All right, quit bragging. Stop scaring the hose. <laughs> no, because like because I've got to listen to that album by the way. Because like in like incels will com- will complain about like you have to be. You have to be a Chad in order to get any girl. Girls were all like super. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be I, like, "Look, I haven't, I haven't uh, like failed in any of these disqualifying uh, areas." But I've, I when I was in school, I knew like fours that were in relationships. People like I knew people. I don't know if fours. Hey? <laughs> yes, but like. Um, I knew people who were like not conventionally attractive. They're either overweight or they're that weird, like awkward teenager phase of attractiveness where it's like not everything's growing at the same rate. So you look kind of gangly or they've got like bad acne or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, and those people got girlfriends and had relationships. The people who didn't yeah, we have, know. 
Yeah. The people who didn't get girlfriends were the people with like just incredibly off-putting personalities and bad vibes. Bad vibes. And bringing bad vibes to the function. And I will say that some of that is probably due to some kind of latent autism that people don't have like well managed. Um, like if I, I, I watch a lot of, uh, stuff by, uh, just like incel types and it's, there's nothing necessarily physically wrong with them, but they're just like, their personality is off putting and it's very clear they have some kind of like neurodivergent, uh, issue that is not being properly addressed. Like there was one guy who was probably like a five and he was like, I go up to, uh, like he had a specific number. It was like, I go up to 10 women a week. I've been rejected uh, 50 <laughs> times. I've, re- I've, I've been rejected this many times. Um, you know, that, this- that is funny, but at the you same time, suck. I, I do also like think it's kind of funny that you also is like, this guy is a five. Hey. Like that's that. That's, five is that's good. A, five is average. That's no, where everyone. Yes, that's where no, that's the majority of the population. How a scale works. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I'm just saying, like that's that's the characteristic of this person in your mind. Well, yeah. Like someone you, that's probably how you, that's how you set it up. Like, Ultimately, yeah, that kind of stuff is subjective. But like, no, but it's like, is that not a similar thing what to do you mean? to like assign uh, this person's? Um, You're being the thing you're rebutting against. Yeah. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that that's like a... I'm just putting it into terms that like people... Some like, people are uglier than other people. Yeah, I know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just... So I'm, I'm, what I'm saying. I, I think I'm what just, he's saying I'm, is like, so it's a guy whose looks are not so off-putting that he should be getting rejected a lot. So there's clearly something about his approach. I'm putting... I'm just using the terms that they use because that's how ah, they communicate. Okay, okay. Like if... You reckon he was calling himself a five? I reckon no. Yeah, he, a lot thi- of the time he thinks he's he's he thinks he's less attractive than he is, and people on those incel forums well, will do like they'll yeah. they'll post pictures of their face and then just ridiculously bully the shit out of mm. each other. It is a uh, self torture. It's yeah, a don't form do that. of it's yeah, it's a digital it's a form of digital self harm, and like the things that they obsess over are just like tiny tiny details that I guess you could say are like cool in theory. Like there's one I forgot what it is. Could where you it's, could you also say that it's not cool in theory? <laughs> no, like the, the is that an option? No, so like when they do, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's oh, basically no. like the where no, but sometimes it's funny though. The shape it's the it's it's to do with your head shape and, and where your eyes sit on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do the different mock-ups, and it's like, okay, yeah, I can see that that is so uh, phrenology. Yeah, phrenology. phrenology. So we're we getting yeah. into phrenology now. Well, only getting into funny. They, <laughs> they are into phren- phrenology, and I th- I think that w- like the ways that they're able to, um, like the way that they're able to explain these different like phenomenons of, uh, or phenomenons. Wow. <laughs> no. Oof. No. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're the phenomenons. <laughs> <laughs> no, the way that they're able to explain like those theories of attraction and and make it so specific, and then do the different mock-ups, you can see where they're coming from. Like if you take all of these ideal examples. Yeah. Sorry, of, you don't look like a Greek statue, bro. Like. Well, yeah, but like in the day, in sort of in the real dating world, no one gives that much of a shit about it. No one cares if like the outside of your eye, like the corner of your eye is lower than the inside of your eye, which is a thing that they're super into. It's one of many things. Yeah. There's, you or know, like there's... how, for, how far forward your forehead goes over your eyes. You, it, like there's those Instagram accounts that post like 
screenshots of men fucking up, you know, <laughs> and like dating apps and stuff like that. Yeah, I need to get more for, for us to rate. I mean, like, I, 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 that's the that, thing that they do, but to, to what end? Like, what, 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 those Instagrams or? Well, sure. Well, like, I think they're funny. And a lot of the time it is men just being like incredibly inept at talking to women and oftentimes just clearly misogynist. But there's a lot where I'm like, I feel like this guy's just a bit autistic. And I see people suggest that in the comments. And then I see other people being like, it's no excuse. And it's like, it is. If if you feel like a differently abled person, then like if you had one leg and someone was like, they, they run funny and someone else was like, it's because they've got one leg. It's no excuse. (laughs) for running different to a person that has two legs. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I do see stuff that's maybe a little bit overzealous on the part of those accounts. I wouldn't say it's misandry. And a lot of time it's funny, but there's definitely like a lot of people that they post that it's like, this guy is just like, not only are they not good with women, I'm sure they're not good with people. I think this person just has a bit of a social deficit. Well, yeah, they keep roasting each other about their, their eyes. Well, yeah. Google hunter eyes. No. For more information. You do not need to do that. Don't Uh, Google Hunter Eyes. Um, Is that it for the free? I'm sure we're we're well over time. Yeah, that's it for the free for now. We'll talk a little bit bit about Andrew Tate in the premium. I'm sick of this guy. (laughs) I had enough to hear with this dude. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's under house arrest, so he can't really get up to much. Several people have had enough to hear with this dude. Yeah. Namely, people that he trafficked. No, apparently and, they, and authorities relating to that trafficking. Apparently, the people he trafficked, uh, they haven't had it up to here. Apparently, they think he's innocent. Is I try. Would be careful about a generalization of that. Well, no, that's just the thing that like is that people are saying is like the right the alleged victims. <laughs> yes, don't... And, and I think it's important. So to... what? They don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> Your Honor, she liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now it's time to stop. Okay. This has been APFM, a podcast for men. Free episode. We're about to move into the premium. If you have not already, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash a podcast for men, which is where we have an extra episode every however often we record, which is very inconsistent of late. But whenever we do a free one, there's a corresponding premium one that we do after. So if you like where this is going and you want to sign up, go to patreon.com slash a podcast for men. Do we have anything else to say on the on the free app before we go, before we break? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'll, I'll also be on the premium one. Brandon thanks will for also, having me here. Brendan will also be on the premium one, folks. Mm. I'd like to offer my sincere condolences to the families of the first responders. <laughs> but not the first responders themselves. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Look, the the funny thing about this that, is getting cold. The funny God. thing about no, that no, it's, I've 